Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Our next guest, Sean Merriman, longtime NFL player. You may remember him as Lights Out Sean Merriman. Three-time Pro Bowler. He was the Defensive uh, Player of the Year in the NFL. Maryland guy who stayed loyal to his soil joins us now. He's uh, he's in the fight game now. But let, let's go back to the loyal to the soil part. You you could have gone anywhere. Why'd you go to Maryland? It, you know, for me, man, it was my backyard. And uh, at the time, uh, I went to Frederick Douglass High School in Nepal, Marlboro, Maryland, which is about 25 minutes from Maryland. And most of the big players were leaving the area. Right, they were going to Florida State. They were going to Florida, Alabama, somewhere, Penn State, because you know you 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 know Miami or USC. They were all leaving the area, so I just wanted to make example like, hey, you could be a big player from here and stay home. And fortunately, I did that because we had a lot of you know big name guys that stay home. Vernon Davis, you know, was one that stayed home, and Tory uh, Tory Smith, you know. So we, there were guys that came after me and said, you know, what, we don't have to go anywhere else. We had the best talent here in the DMV area, and, uh, you know, I kind of triggered something there. In the NFL, we'll see, a, you know, a linebacker or a defensive end who get a sack, and I, I think to myself that has to feel good. What does that feel like? You led the league in sacks once. What is that when you, when you achieve your goal on a play and you actually get to the quarterback, what's that feel like? So I used to have these arguments all the time with Antonio Gates. Where like, what was more harder or more satis- uh, you get more satisfaction from is a touchdown or a sack? And I said, dude, there's nowhere close to getting a sack, right? I mean, you can score any time, but if you get a sack, man, a forced turnover, a fumble recovery from that, like a three-hit a three, you know, hit deal, right, uh, the crowd goes crazy. And, you know, you're a defensive player that's able to control and change the game. Like, that's hard to do on the defensive side of the football. You, you as a as a high school kid, I I, I want to say you were like an all state player in basketball too. Like you were a multi sport guy. Did that help you? Oh no, for sure. And I I encourage like all athletes coming up, man, play multiple sports. You know, play basketball, football, play you know, run track, play football, do something else. Um, because wrestle, there's a lot of uh, great football players that also wrestle. Ray Lewis being one. I think Brian Erlacher was another one. There's a ton of guys who were great wrestlers. There was great football players. So I tell, tell guys, play multiple sports you're coming up. It's, it's cool to play one sport year-round, but these other sports really help you out. Yeah, and you get a lot of coaches, too, that will put pressure on kids, and they'll say, well, if you're not playing, somebody else is going to take your position. And you know, But I think you look around, you see guys like yourself and, and Dominican Sue, who was a soccer player as a kid, and you see kids that you know develop footwork and develop you know their muscles in, in non-football ways. Well, I wasn't going to be a ballerina like some of these guys, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because there was a lot a lot of that going on back in the day. So, uh, yeah, the, the ballerina stuff I stayed, stayed away from. But I definitely believe in uh, doing other sports, and it will ultimately help you on the football field. What do you make of today's game and how much they protect the quarterback? It frustrates me. On Sunday Night Football, I saw what should have been a sack get called a personal foul, and I thought, gosh, you know, I get it. They're trying to protect the quarterback, but – feels like uh, they're erring on the side of being delicate. Well, what started all this is in uh, 2007 or eight, I believe, when, when Tom Brady tore his ACL. 
um, that that's when the quarterback rule really picked up because it was such a blow to the NFL by not having the biggest name player on the field. So I get it why they implement it. Um, and, and yeah, certain guys should be protected like the quarterback position, but as a defensive player, when you're going in there trying to make a play, you got a split second to, to make a decision on what you want to do and how you want to do it. That, that's, that becomes the issue um, because a defensive player, you just want to get the guy on the ground. And that's, that's by any means necessary because if you don't, you know what's going to happen. You, you're going to get yelled at when you get back to the sideline. You're going to wait the next day when you guys are in the team meeting room watching film, you're going to get called out. So I, it's difficult, even though I think that some of the rule changes were really good for the NFL, like the crack back blocks, um, you know, guy being able to chop you from a lateral uh, position down. The, so, yeah, I, I get the protection of the players. Like in the helmet-to-helmet contact for sure, right? Guys, safety's running full speed and knocking guys out. I get all that. But when you're talking about a pass rush or somebody getting after the quarterback, you got a split second to get that guy on the ground by any means necessary. Sean Merriman, our guest, uh, you know, in the NFL, Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2005, number 12 overall pick in the draft. We're going to talk to him about what he's doing now. Before I get there, Sean, you mentioned Tom Brady. Were there were there great quarterbacks that you look at and maybe the public doesn't quite appreciate what they were doing on the field? Or what, what is that like when you find yourself in a game against a veteran who is poised, who knows what the hell he's doing out there? Well, you know, I think the biggest thing is, look, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I've always had this conversation of if I was a GM and I'm starting a team, which quarterback am I starting my team with? My answer has always been uh, Peyton Manning. Um, Peyton Manning, in my opinion, had better intangibles, right? He had a stronger arm. Uh, he was definitely more controlling, more active on the field as far as calling plays. Like, you, you knew um, when you went in to, to play Peyton Manning, you, you were playing like a big brain, right? Like just a machine that would just sit there and call out your defenses, who coming and what gap, what audibles you're doing, what switches, just everything. And so if I'm a GM starting on a team, and I played against both, and, and I hate the comparison because sometimes when you compare two guys, you're, you're, and sometimes in people's eyes, they say, oh, well, you're talking crap about Tom Brady. And it's like I'm not. It's just that when you're starting a team off, when you talk about just basically attributes and tangibles, um, you know, I always say that Peyton Manning was, was the greatest that I played against. What is that like when he's when you're out on the field, you got a defense, you got a blitz called or something, and you got the quarterback on the other side calling it out? You know he's done his homework. What does that do to you? Well, it puts you in a bad situation because – Look, our, our things uh, was we, we had this thing where we had we called it Hollywood, right? You show different blitzes, you line up in different gaps, but that's not where you're going to end up at when the ball snaps. And to line up in the gap and have Peyton Manning call you out and say, hey, you're not coming in the B, B gap, you're coming off the edge <laughs> in the play. Before the play, you're like, okay, damn, all right? <laughs> you know, uh, and so it, it's demoralizing because you got somebody that's, that's so prepared um, per game, and those guys are the hardest to go against. Sean Merriman is with us. Was was Manning a trash talker? Uh, you know, he comes off as a trash talker when he does the Manning cast. Uh, no, you know, it's crazy because um, I didn't really get around to understand how cool Peyton Manning was and what kind of a person he was just in general until the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So, obviously, during the games, you're competitive. Like, you hate everybody that's not on your team, right, just point <laughs> blank. And yeah. you want to get after everybody and you're trash talking everybody. But those four quarters you're supposed to, and then when you get off the field, everything's cool, but you still don't have a, a real interaction with some of these guys. 
And I just remember drinking Mai Tais and hanging around the pool down in Hawaii for the Pro Bowl and Peyton Manning making jokes. And um, I, you know, I recall, like, you know, I was going over to the gym in the morning uh, to get some, some buys and tries, right? You got to you know, keep the, <laughs> keep the arms uh, buff over in Hawaii. And, and I walk in there and Peyton Manning's doing leg press um, with, you know, six, eight plates on that thing. And he this is the Pro Bowl. And so you knew that you were dealing with, uh, just a different caliber of, of human being, man, and it was in, it was just impressive to see. You have now transitioned into the fight game, and what are you doing with Lights Out Extreme Fighting? How did you get involved? Yeah, I, I actually started training during the off-seasons with Jay Glazer over at Fox Sports. Um, I grew up in the Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, Prince George's County and DMV area where the boxing was prevalent. Um, I had uncles and family members that were pro boxers, so I just naturally grew up boxing. Um, in 2005, when I got drafted by the Chargers, MMA kind of caught fire. People started to know about the UFC and just MMA globally. Um, and so I started to train MMA just to help my hand-eye coordination and, and um, you know, endurance, stamina, uh, hip mobility, leverage. And I started training with some of the best fighters in the world, man, every offseason. Chuck Liddell, T. Ortiz, I've, I've got a chance to spar and train with all of them. And I just fell in love with the sport. Um, I launched Lights Out Extreme Fighting uh, 2019. We're on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV. Um, we got a big fight coming up uh, October 7th. And the guy you just named, A.J. Hoskins, is somebody who I was after for a while because my whole business really in this sport is to find more former athletes to transition them, right? Big college players that maybe didn't get a shot in the NFL or maybe a guy that uh, career was cut short due to injury or you know, just just a, a bad situation with a with a, a a front office or a scheme or a coach, and then really get their shot, man. But still feel physically ready to compete. Those guys, I believe, if I get them early enough, I can you know help them turn them into a champion. And then I, you know, I'm I'm a big advocate of you know former guys finding a way after they get done playing ball. When you look back, do you wish that you that this would have been around when you were you know high school or maybe even in college? So the college, uh, my high school wrestling coach, we still talk to this day, and I never wrestled, right? And I would come in there sometimes, and I would, like, pin guys. And I, I, I had no technique anything. I was just strong and, and raw and athletic and explosive. And he would help me all the time to come in there and wrestle. And I said, uh, Coach, you, you see how hot it is in this room, right? <laughs> like, no. Um, and, you know, I, I wish I did, man, because I would have just picked up something else in my repertoire. And uh, when I retired in 2012, 2013, uh, MMA wasn't as big as it is now, right? Uh, globally, the, the amount of eyeballs is more mainstream now than it was when I retired. Uh, and I still, still today, I mean, I, I sparred a guy, uh, you know, guy the other day. I get a chance to be around a lot of the fighters where I'll go and open mat on Fridays and I'll go get me three or four uh, five-minute rounds in and just get some work to stay disciplined. Uh, but other than that, man, I, I love the uh, promotion side of it, the, the building of the organization. You know, we just crossed over uh, to the top five, top ten most watched in football sports. And I'm a big believer in, in the fans, man. The fans will tell you if they like a product or not, and our viewership numbers are, are saying they do. Sean, you, you guys, I think, are drawing in UFC fans, of course, that are, are, you know, are used to that. But how is Lights Out, in your mind, different or better or complementary to, to what's going on in UFC? Well, we, we want these guys coming up, right? We want the next upcoming superstars. And I, we get every couple, every fight, I see a couple of up-and-coming fighters, both men and women, 
who I, I can look at and be like, yeah, they're going to be a champ one day. Oh, yeah, they're going to the UFC. We, we love giving them that platform, man. That's, that's what this whole thing is about, just giving them an opportunity to be seen. Um, and we're getting calls from fighters all over the country. I mean, that's how I found AJ, um, by, you know, just us getting a viewership. And I, I, I remember watching him play because he played at the same time with Justin Herbert. Um, and I, I went to a couple games, and I didn't even know that he was fighting at the time. So now we get a chance to put him on a platform so people know who he, who he is. I mean, we, we couldn't find a fight for AJ. Like, if got, people were pulling out left and right because this guy's going to be a star one day. And he is, I mean, he is brutal to go against. And uh, that, that football background, that, that work ethic, that discipline, that mentality, uh, he's really going to do well in this sport. It, it's fun to watch, you know, that and him sort of fine footing in something after football. And you as well, man. I mean, did you expect that, you know, li- you know when did you start thinking about life after football? Were, were you one of those guys who uh, came into the league knowing it wasn't going to last forever? Or five, seven years into it, did you go, oh, man, I better figure something out? Well, you know, I got my nickname lights out my sophomore year in high school. Um, and I knocked out four four kids in one game. And I remember after the game, I had about 20 students rushing to me saying, man, you knocked those guys lights out. And I said, yeah, you know what? Call me lights out. And that name stuck, and I didn't think it would. And obviously, we're having a nickname like lights out. Like, you got to go. It's, it's like having a name in Rucker Park, right? You can't be called something and – you could not go out and prove it. So every level from high school to college and the pros, I had to go and play like lights out, you know. And uh, it just, um, you know, it's one of those, it, it's one of those things that really um, that stuck around and became mainstream. And people knew me more as lights out than they did, you know, as Sean. So um, to now make that transition into the sport of MMA, man, it's like I get an opportunity for all these football fans and people that follow me. Uh, over my career to now get them to watch Lights Out, and it's pretty pretty cool. Lights Out, Extreme Fighting, October 7th. It's happening in Long Beach. Uh, you can get tickets at lightsoutxf.com. Um, before I let you go, you mentioned Justin Herbert. What do you think of the kid? Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. And I think that, um, you know, even with their slow start and them losing that big game against Miami, I was there. Um, when you got an offense and a quarterback that can throw 30-plus points on you per game, um, you should feel very confident, uh, confident as, a, as a defender. If you're that defense knowing that you can keep somebody under 28 points a game, that you're probably going to have a really good chance of winning. Um, that's impressive. And Justin Herbert, man, outside of him breaking records and doing all these things, he's going to go down if he keeps up this, uh, this streak. He'll go down as one of the best to ever do it. But until he gets deep in the playoffs, AFC Championship game, uh, Super Bowl, because he has the, he has that talent. He he has the capabilities of doing that. Not everybody does, and I wouldn't say it just because he. You know, I'm a, still a supporter of the Chargers. Like this this dude is unbelievable. And um, you know, I, I think when they played Wisconsin, was it Wisconsin? They played in college for the championship. Um, I forgot the game, but I was there. I was watching them, and I I tweeted out during the combine. Um, I tweeted out during the combine that uh, this was the guy. This was this was the guy. They when they brought him in, I knew automatically that he was going to be the long term solution for the Chargers, and he is. Yeah, I think it was Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl that you saw where you just lit him up, and you know they kind of oh, had, yeah, had yeah. their way I, with I was, it. Yeah. I was I was there for that game, yeah. and I and I saw him in person, and I said, man, this this dude is going to be outrageous on the next level, and he's he's proven to be just that. All right, Sean Merriman. Hey, I appreciate your time. 
Uh, congrats on what you're doing with Lights Out, Extreme Fighting, and uh, we'll all tune in next weekend to see A.J. Hodgkins, uh, former Oregon Duck, fighting and uh, see what he can do with it. You got it. Thanks for having me. And there he goes, Sean Merriman. I love the stories about Peyton Manning. Uh, obviously, his uh, expertise in football. He's now parlayed this into life after football with extreme fighting. We leave it right here. You got the BFT statewide on the Bald Face Truth Radio Network. Coming up, Stephen and I will play Fun Fact or Nah. <laughs> it, we're going to need to have two votes for it to be unanimous. Uh, Anna is going to sit out of today's fun fact or nah because she's at the dmv which is not at all fun she's in line at dmv (laughs) that's a nah right there that's a nah uh but we will play punch it audio first then fun fact or nah and the five at five is coming up top of the hour and we'll lead you right into thursday night football but let's start with punch it audio we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the bald face truth headquarters Hey, we're all about truth, justice, and the American way here, okay? Which is why we've spanned the globe and pulled the top audio cuts of the day. You're going to hear little snippets of sound. Hey, it's time for Punch It Audio, presented by First Call Heating and Cooling. Well, let's start with uh, Pac-12 game. Joel Klatt talking about Utah. Utah's undefeated, 4-0, coming off a win over UCLA last week. Never mind that it was ugly, it was still a win. 14-7. Here's Joel Klatt talking about the Utes traveling on Friday night to Reeser Stadium to play Oregon State. Punch it. Utah is interesting because Utah is not anywhere near their potential, and yet they're they're out there winning games. This will be their toughest test to date. This is a tougher test than Florida. This is a tougher test than, than UCLA. Remember, both of those games were at home. Salt Lake is an incredible home field advantage for the Utes. They're really good at home. Not that they're not good on the road. It's just going to be more difficult. And this is a team in Oregon State that will present some problems. They can also play physical. They can run the football. Now, losing last week doesn't help, but I will tell you, the effort that Utah gave in the win against UCLA and the emotion that they showed after the game, there could be a bit of a letdown here. Looks to me like this is, position by position, the most difficult game for Utah of the season. I love Utah's coaching staff. I think they do a really good job. I think they're up against another good staff with Oregon State and Jonathan Smith this week. It's a great battle. Both programs on the offensive side haven't looked great to me. But I'm picking Oregon State at home just because I love the home field in this game. I, if Utah, if this game's at Rice-Eccles Stadium, I'm picking Utah all day. But because it's at Reeser Stadium where the Beavers have won 13 out of 14, I'm going with Oregon State. I think they right the ship. The question to me is, do they play DJ Uyunglele at quarterback? Will Jonathan Smith play him? Now, he was asked earlier this week in his news conference if he would if he would play Aiden Childs, the backup. You know, and he said he's going to start DJ, and he said that on this show. He said he'd start DJ, but here's what Jonathan Smith said. Punch it. We're always discussing, and this is for every position, of, like, you know, the rotations and how guys are developing, coming along, and so we're discussing. Again, DJ's started quarterback, did some good things in the game, got us back into the game a couple of drives. Um, could he play better? 100%. Uh, we need to protect him. We need to make some plays on the ball. Um, and then, yeah, he's got a couple throws in there that he, he needs to make, so... Yes, and DJ's start. DJ's starting, but I still think we could see Aiden Childs. Steven, 
Jonathan Smith came on the show. He, I asked him the same question. I left the question thinking we're going to see Childs for a series here or a series there in the game. I agree with you, and um, I think it's the right move. Like, I, I don't want to say, like, DJ hasn't lost the job yet for sure, and he wasn't the reason they lost to Washington State, but I want to see what Dane Childs can do. Uh, and I, th- I think he's the feature of the Oregon State Beavers. I think they know that. I think Jonathan Smith knows that. So you want to see what he can do on a Friday night against, you know, maybe the top defense in the pack. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.